Hi, I am your host Keshav Chauhan and this is Milliseconds, an attempt at personifying all of the things we see but don't think about. Joel Thoten is the creative director of Terribly Tiny Tales, a marketing and advertising brand that specializes in micro-fiction writing. Having given a TEDx talk, written screenplays, and co-founded Vivo Films, a short film YouTube channel with over 1 million views while still in college, this episode revolves around Joel's journey in storytelling and the unique experiences he has had along the way. A certified overthinker with a diploma in drinking tea and a PhD in cuddling cats, this is one of the most seriously funny conversations on the show. So, you know, I read about a radio post about Bombay. It was shared by Atul Kola, a designer from Cred. And like, it's really resonated with me, like living in Delhi NCR. So like, uh, can you recite it, uh, that post? Yeah, sure. So, I didn't even know he shared it, right? You know, because I, I think like, <laughs> now that you mentioned, I just heard, you know, found out as well. But I'm just going to read it. Uh, sure, sure. Sometimes I feel like leaving Bombay. Then I think about the people and roads I know inside out. And how I always look up while driving through the ceiling. I think of Vada Pau's and Bajia's on oil-soaked newspapers. And how the vendor adds an extra foodie to my bail because I'm a regular. I think of the window seat in my 917 Churchgate local from platform number 2. And how I can tell which station is next without looking. I think of nights in bars at Gokul, Janta and Yacht. Having conversations with friends, colleagues and dates. It's where familiar waiters brought quarters of Old Monk and Antiquity Blue, along with Chakli and their signature Shezwan sauce. I think of drunk by the meter rickshaw rides back home, with the cool breeze hitting my face as the city lights on the highway get blurry. I think of walks along Carter Road and sitting at Marine Drive, then sneaking a sip of rum from my thumbs up bottle and secretly holding hands. I think of the burji at Kyanis, Pau Bhaji in Juhu, burgers at Candies, and Soleimani Chai and Parathas at Prithvi. I think of traffic jams, crowded buses, and drinking boost from a roadside bicycle at 3am. I think of the life and memories I'll have to leave behind. Sometimes I feel like leaving Bombay, but I'm scared. I'll search for Bombay in every city I go to. Yeah. This is a masterpiece, yeah. man. Like, <laughs> so like uh, while you were writing this, what, what zone were you in? Like, externally? I think I'm... Physically, I was in Mumbai only, so I think that that yeah. sort of helped to sort of have it. But I think this was one of those pieces which I sort of also delayed for the longest time. Uh, maybe because primarily you can't sum up Bombay or Mumbai, however people call it, into one paragraph, right? Uh, I, I myself know that there are so many things that I, I, I did not add into that piece. But uh, a lot of experiences that were so personal to me and, you know, uh, things that have uh, resonated with me because of the city and what the city has, you know, uh, what, what the experience has been like growing up in the city, I was sort of... I tried my best to sum it up all in like one paragraph because mm-hmm. I, I think there was there was this fleeting, uh, you know, sort of feeling, you know, whenever I, I, so I would travel a lot for work and I would, you know, be in, uh, you know, different cities in India and it's great. You know, I love, I love traveling. I love going to a different city. I love, uh, you know, walking through the streets there, you know, meeting the people there, eating the food there. So that's a great experience. But yeah. there's always the sense of, you know, this homesick feeling that would set in, that would always, you know, want you to come yeah. back here with the familiar place that I've always sort of grown up in. And I think uh, despite having these multiple thoughts, you know, oh, I want to probably go to another city and live, or I want to sort of, you know, go out of the country and live somewhere else. 
there's always that feeling you know that that everyone sort of has you know they're like oh i want to leave and go but then there there's so many things that about the city that just have sort of you know bind you and keep you attached and you know connected to it and i think i think that's what sort of Uh, you know inspired the piece and it was it was something i i i didn't write for a long time even though it was in my head but then i was like one afternoon now sunday afternoon i was like i think i think it's time to just put it out there and and i'm glad so many people connected with it so yeah so you, yeah you're living since childhood right in bombay yeah yeah i've been i've been born and brought up in in this city since i was a kid so yeah everything just is here so what's your most memorable bombay experience which you have not written in this post like if you wanted to but couldn't because of the word limit I I think there are so many right I mean uh, every but everyone who sort of grown up in the city has their own I, I chose to omit the the flooded streets and all of that <laughs> okay. all those experiences <laughs> obviously because I didn't want to sort of put those in there I I obviously yeah. put uh, you know things that that become highlights about living in the city right because it has mm. its own charm and everything is just there so I don't think uh, I I personally sort of chose to omit anything but I, more yeah. of I I just tried to say whatever I felt about the city like in like one paragraph and I think I think that was more than enough for my idea. like the hi- highlights of a cricket match yeah like the highlights of a cricket match yeah like sum it all yeah. up yeah yeah so you've been working at Terry Blake Tiny Tales for 6 years now almost 6 years right. which specializes in micro fiction right. writing like for, how did you discover this niche while while starting out like because which is because it's very new now also and yeah. back then when you were starting it's like it was like very new thing so right. how did you discover it So I mean I I think um I was uh, I I started following TTT as a Facebook page when it just started off when it was years back right? when it was just starting out in the initial days and I was a huge fan you know because I mean I I have uh, not been a big reader as such but I like stories right I mean they they're great and I always I was I was uh, you know getting into advertising and I was you know trying my hand at writing and uh, i saw this this page you know do these uh, these really really tiny stories in 140 characters it was a great format because you know i'd never seen that before and i was like wow you you know you don't need a page you know a long page or a whole book to tell a story sometimes you can you can just do it in like you know 140 characters which is which was this which was the size of a tweet back then but yeah, uh, yeah i mean i think i i stumbled upon it as a facebook page um the tdt's first ever workshop which happened i attended that and i managed to get my first ever tale published over there so i was like super happy and pumped and excited and i think mm-hmm. solely when i was when i when i joined advertising and i was i was writing and advertising in an agency also uh, tdt that time was looking for freelance writers to sort of you know write uh, you know they were they had opened up their um, their their uh, their membership to sort of you know more writers to sort of come and join them and they they asked me you know if you would like to be a part of it and i was like of course you know there's no way i would say <laughs> no to that kind of an offer you know so i was like they were opening it to 15 more new writers and they asked me to come you know sort of write to them and i joined you know and i wrote uh, you know a couple of stories for them and eventually you know i i i i wrote so many with them and then you know they were they were building out a team and they were like would you like to come join us professionally full time and i and i said yeah great i mean it's, it's a great offer so i i Uh, I I joined their brand team and then I've just been there since then. <laughs> so yeah. So were you in, still in college when they first approached you? Um no I was I was I, when I was in college I attended their first ever workshop okay. which they did it so I just wrote you know, from there but uh, I I got approached when I was when I graduated following year after that in okay, uh, yeah I got I got approached from there where I was actually working in advertising and in agency. So do you think it was because of that tale which you wrote 
they approached you? Um, no, it's probably because I sent them way too many stories and bombarded their inbox, and uh-huh. they never they never replied to them. They, they I, I I was feeling that I was going into like a wormhole. So it eventually okay, yeah. it uh, yeah they sort of one day I think they discovered that these five six word docs which this crazy boy has uh, sent filled with one uh, forty character stories saying that hey please check out these stories and then they called me and they were like hey we we found your mails finally and I'm like oh I'm glad you read them and they were like oh come would you like come be a part of the team and I said yes of course uh, why not <laughs> so yeah I think yeah. that's how the journey started so yeah that that's a really interesting journey. You know, just like you, I'm a very big overthinker as well. Mm-hmm. And I think people who are who are in creative professions tend to be like naturally born overthinkers. So like it seeps through them. So like, what do you think is a way that oh, we can like switch off that overthinking mind in our which we have? Uh, I mean, I, I I'll speak for myself though because yeah. I I don't speak for the rest. Obviously, I don't know how many overthinkers are there out there. But again, for me yeah. uh, personally, uh, it it it's been one of those things where. you over analyze every situation no matter how yeah. big or small it is uh, it it uh, it it sort of helps you uh, prepare for like the worst case scenario <laughs> in some way yeah. because you're overthinking about it so much and you're imagining all the multiple scenarios in your head as to what would happen and how it would turn out so i i i, I don't know how to turn it off because there's i don't think there's a way <laughs> yeah. to sort of turn it off but uh, yeah i mean uh, somewhere down the line you know what what happens to you as a person even like it you know when you're in creative fields and stuff like that there's there's you know you you overthink over an idea so much that uh, eventually you you start seeing different sides to it right and they can mm-hmm. be a good side to it and they can be a bad side to it as well and and you know it 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 it, it when whatever work you're sort of creating right the, the more you're thinking about it from different angles i think uh, you know you you end up seeing interesting sides to it so uh, uh, again i mean overthinking is something that is uncontrollable for a lot of people yeah. who have just sort of you know uh, who just sort of do it on a daily basis like it's part of their routine now and yeah, yeah i mean it uh, yeah it, it 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 you have to see how it sort of you know affects your work and figure out how that proper balance between not being able to do it and knowing when to try and you know sort of drift a little away from it so yeah will you call it a blessing in disguise uh, i i i won't say a blessing in disguise because again i think i think it's uh, a lot of people sort of you know uh, overthink things way too much and then uh, end up sort of um, how do i how do i put it uh, they they end up uh, not doing what they were intended to do only because they're sitting and overthinking yeah. about things so much so i mean i mean at times it helps because you're prepared for the worst so then you know okay oh fine if the worst happens you're like oh you know what i knew this is going to happen because i i sort of imagined that scenario right and the best happens even better because you're like oh i imagined the worst and now the best has happened so now it's just like even even nicer now <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's like has two sides to it yeah it's like has 22 yeah. almost yeah so sure, you know since the kid i've been like watching a lot of ted talks and like i was like really interested in how speakers engage listeners yours was like also very very good thank you uh, see- seeking first so like i have a question like many people who want to speak something like they have ideas in them they also have this kind of stage fear yeah. many people do i think right. if statistically speaking many people do so like what do you like will tell them to overcome this thing stage fear and uh i, I mean the thing about the stage fear also is right uh, uh, you know it, it it's something that's so inherent inside of us because uh number one you you know when you're growing up right i mean there are times when you're put in front of a class and you have to speak or recite something or you have to do you know you have to do a presentation in college where you're standing 
and there's always yeah. that sort of nervousness and that doubt that you know oh what if i say something wrong or what if i do something wrong what's going to happen you know out there you know are people going to laugh at me are people going to sort of uh, you know like think i'm i'm, I'm an idiot to do this right and i think a, a lot of those things right a lot of experiences as such you know just affect because i had stage fear for a long time because i couldn't i couldn't go up on like stage and you know talk to people uh, you know talk to a whole bunch of people yeah. but I, over time for me what helped was actually practicing a lot of it to sort of uh, understand and believe in what i was speaking in because when you sort of have the belief in what you're trying to speak in i think that's somewhere down the line at least helped me i can speak again only for myself but uh, yeah it's because you know when you when you believe in what you what you what you're trying to convey uh, to to a whole bunch of people i think that sort of at least drives and motivates you in some way to sort of put yourself out there and talk and also it helps when you when the lights are dim and you can't see people in the audience because <laughs> then you know you can just you can just pretend like you're talking to like a whole bunch of empty seats until the lights come on and you realize oh there are like 200 300 people sitting in the audience who are listening to you so that helps for sure Yeah, that's a really, really great idea for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, how do you think? Like, uh, your TED talk was based on seeking first, like seeking right. new experiences. Right. So, how do you think one can get past that anxiety and friction while doing something new? Because and like intentionally seeking discomfort for right. the rest of their lives. <laughs> I, I would say discomfort, but I think you know, the, it took me a lot of time also to figure what to talk about because I realized that people had done such great talks online, and you know, they were so informative yeah. and so. Uh, relatable you know for a last uh, thing and it took me a lot of time to spend in you know introspect and realize uh, what part of my life do i want to sort of uh, you know uh, talk about and share or you know uh, you know build an insight out of you know for, to, to share with so many people out there and uh, I, the biggest thing that sort of at least for me has been is that you know when again being an overthinker being someone who's yeah. always been so uh, pessimistic about life in this general yeah. i've always been so scared about trying new things right because we come from from households where you know where, where you know trying something new again is 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 a big step for a lot of people right because for them because of the conditioning because of the way they've grown up the the, the family around them everything is everything just feels so scary right like don't talk to a stranger because they might end up looting you uh, you know yeah. don't go to this new place take care of your bags don't take care of somebody does run away with your bag you know like ev- everything is just you know built on this foundation of you know like be careful and take care right so i i think that was one of the more driving forces was because when i took you know my first step so many different things in life uh, they ended up becoming great first experiences for me and they ended up teaching me so much more about you know life out there and 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 it's the hardest thing to do right because it's it's very easy to put and say you know hey you should probably do this or you should try this for the first time right but uh, you know for someone who's taking that that step and you know going in that direction uh, for the first time they have their own internal struggles that they're trying to sort of uh, battle and go ahead with and uh, yeah. i i think i think it's a rewarding once you get past it and you finally have uh, you know experienced yeah. it because then it's it, it obviously builds this great learning curve as human being from the experiences that you get also so i i, I always tell people like you know like uh, the easiest thing to start off with is something like a travel right so it's like yeah, take a trip to somewhere to somewhere close by right don't you don't even go need to go to another state go somewhere close by but take travel alone right because traveling alone just you know spending time with yourself just helps you learn so many new things about yourself as a person also not just you know experience wise you just learn about yourself as a person also as well and you, you know it's it's just so enriching to you know to meet and interact and try to figure out things your own way because you know as it just you know it trains you for a lot of things in the future right so uh, including including like a lot of my you know friends who move cities and live in different cities right 
a lot of students who moved uh, you know states to go and studies and that's that's a great first experience to have because you know you you now independent you're living on your own you, you have to figure things out by yourself right and that's that they teaches them so much right about about life and about you know going ahead with it and and you know so i mean start small right you don't need to start with something yeah. big right and everything uh, is a first experience like people meeting people is a first experience right i mean you meet someone like you and i talking right now is a first experience yeah. right which will which will help which will hold on to because this is the first conversation that we have and and i've always realized yeah. that first conversations are the best because you know there's there's no there's no baggage there. there's no baggage in that right you, you can you can be open you can be honest you can be uh, you know vulnerable you can just you can say what you want because the person on the opposite end uh, does not know you at all so it's it's basically what you share with them and what they share with you is what you're going to have uh, you know to hold on to later so i mean I, yeah. that's why i mean anything small is is more than enough so i just tell people that if if there is a first experience that you can take even if there's something as a small trip to it right it's just it's just liberating yeah. in a sense So yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good way to burst that bubble for sure. Yeah. Like and, and speaking speaking of first experiences like what's the one experience that you would want to relive which the best memorable experience which you had? You're talking Anything. first or you're talking uh, just yeah. in general? So I in think general experience which you want to like get st- on the starting line once again so. Um that. I think I think uh, there's so many of that sort of thing. Oh, I would have done this differently if I would have uh, I would have you know done it all over again, but I I I feel um you know i for me what i really held close was my first ever flight oh yeah <laughs> because, yeah <laughs> because <laughs> yeah because it is it is um, it's it's so special right because a lot of times you know you even as a kid or something you would look up at the sky you would see an airplane flying and you would be like oh i want to sit inside yeah. that someday and you know to finally be able to sort of afford your own ticket and sit in your sit in a flight for the first time and take mm-hmm. off you know and it's it's such it's such a it's such a beautiful experience just to Just to live it, yeah. uh, you know, and I would, I would love to redo it all over again because you know the whole nervousness of getting into an airport and you know getting through security yeah. and checking in your luggage and you know the boarding pass and you look at it for the first time and it's like and being in the sky, man. I mean, I, I don't know why people people find the flight travel so overrated. I am always amazed, you know, just being in the sky. I'm like, this is this is probably one of the best things. This is the closest you can get to space as a normal person, right? Because you can yeah. you can be in like you you're actually flying through the clouds and you can see the clouds under you, and you it's it's just such a beautiful experience, you know. And and I love yeah. every flight uh, that I've ever taken in my life, and I never understood it. I always love looking out the window and I always love seeing the takeoffs and the landings happening. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, if I would if I would get a chance, I would just relive the first ever one I took all over again because it was it was so emotional in just sense. and it's so fascinating to see you know everything from my up there you know and it's it's such yeah. a lovely experience to have so yeah i think also, that also boarding the right plane boarding the right plane yes that that was what my mom also sort of told me to make sure of when i was traveling yeah. for the first time alone so yeah yeah i think uh, if someone has earned his first paycheck the best way to spend it is like to travel because yeah, exactly. uh, uh, you i think you asked in your tiktok like how did you spend your first paycheck like how yeah. did you do Uh, uh, I I think I just gave it to my mom. <laughs> I okay. did not. I I I gave it to my mom, and I think I saved like a part of it because I've uh, just mm. been someone who's had to be big on saving for a while. Uh, yeah. So I I tried saving a part of it. I gave the rest to my mom to sort of handle it. Uh, and over time, you know, that's just how most is like you know just giving a part of it to my mom, just saving. And I think paychecks are special again. But then you, I mean, uh, everybody has a different way of spending it, right? Some people like giving it to their parents. Some people like sort of uh, you know using it to buy something, and it's great. I mean, it depends on 
what your experiences are and what your circumstances are is what you end up doing with your first paycheck also i feel for a long time so i think that really influences it a lot also so yeah mine was just i think That's giving true. part to my mom and just trying to keep like a little bit saved so i could probably just you know, use it later yeah so while we are recording this like in the previous week only i got my first paycheck oh lovely so, congratulations yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot yeah <laughs> so yeah it's a very like good thing to have like that yeah, what, what like, are you going to spend it on i've not thought of yet good uh, ஒரு <laughs> 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 I'll most likely save it and go on a trip. Oh, that's lovely. What that's that's the best. That's the best. Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. So now, I've been a massive Christopher Nolan fan right. since a kid. Like, he has inspired me a lot, like, Interstellar, a lot, lot of other films. And I think he's one of the very few directors who also writes his own script. Right. And, like, so, uh, this is one of the reasons why also you started Weaver Films back in college. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Some, Something yeah. of that sort, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, so uh, again i mean nolan was was there but beaver film started off as uh, um, you know a youtube channel back in 2014 yeah. 13 i think 13 by by four, oh, yeah by four four yeah. college boys who wanted to make short films on the internet uh, back there at least yeah. we were uh, you know one of the early movers in the short film space years back i'm talking because there weren't many uh, you know creators who were making short films back then and a lot of publications are very open even newspapers online uh, publications are very open with you know uh, you know openly promoting it or you know like sharing it with yeah. a lot of people right so i mean it was it was a great experience as such so so sorry i didn't let you sort of complete your question again what you were saying about uh, viewer films like first uh, was this the starting point of viewer films like something yeah. sort of starting point nolan. yeah so uh, i don't know christopher nolan was exactly i think it was just <laughs> love for cinema uh that yeah. was the 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 starting point of it because uh, there's always that fascination right is uh, to see yeah. a final film getting made and we were four boys who loved the cinema we we were doing a we were doing a a course called BMM which is bachelor's mm-hmm. of mass media, mass media and yeah. we had uh, very very fancy subjects in that called understanding cinema and stuff like that Ooh, and uh, not not that you end up learning in depth about any of those things but it was it was a good experience such and i met and i mean in bmm you actually get a chance to attend a lot of college festivals right because people meet and it's, it's great because you get to interact with so many uh, amazing students from different colleges and you get network so much and this is how i met them right they were three from like the same college and i was from a different college and i met them at a college festival we struck up a conversation we realized our love for films uh, we met one evening in afternoon in candies in bandra where we were sitting okay. on <laughs> you know the top area and we were like you know what uh, i think you know we should sort of try and make a film together so we then just you know like sort of um, rented uh, no ma- one of the guys who was part of the crew had a camera we rented mics for like around some 700 rupees shot it in his house and released it on the yeah. internet and it, it you know it fortunately got a lot of love and uh, that yeah. we shot the entire film in what like some 700 800 rupees and it got like a lot of love it got mm-hmm. shared a lot it's still on youtube and that's how it grew right and i think yeah. it was just love for cinema that that propelled us to keep making it making more and more not more and more we just made like five but still they were yeah. they were they were good they were good back yeah. in the day they were good experience also you were in the best place in the country to 
make film from the yeah but i we, we didn't have access to film city unfortunately <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. yeah but uh, on the on the better side you got uh, an international contract on the fourth film which is yes which yes. is also very very cool yeah we we were quite lucky i guess you know that they trusted us yeah. we were just like four students who were just graduating out of degree college and uh, they sort of came to us and they were like you know what we are this app based in new york we want to make film like dilwale duniya le jayenge to which okay. i told them that's not possible <laughs> so then they like okay fine don't they, make that just make a short film yeah they really so, said that they really uh, said that so they 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 like shahrukh khan films and the the uh, the the founder of the app he was a huge shahrukh khan fan so is okay. i mean he's like the joel we need something like dilwale duniya le jayenge to which i said that's not possible at all at our yeah. scale so i said we will we'll make you know what our tone is and we we were more indie right in that space yeah was, it was more it was more frugal filmmaking it was filmmaking there's nothing fancy we never had big lights we never had big sets we we shot live on locations we we did not have mm-hmm. a big crews most of the people who acted in the films were our friends uh, most of the people who worked on the film were our friends um, yeah. we had uh, people who were uh, you know who are who are our college classmates who we asked who who liked acting who did theater you know in college who we asked to be a part of these yeah. films and some of them are, are actually actors right now they're pretty big on like ott and oh, stuff yeah. like that some of Absolutely. them some of them uh, some of them were, were were you know they loved uh, creating music right so we got them to create the music for them and they are now great uh, you know musicians and they work as music directors right now and some of them were uh, one of my uh, people in the team itself my friend he he he, he was great with the camera so and he is now uh, a cinematographer from nyfa uh, new york Ooh. film academy so i mean and uh, you know I, i was i i loved writing so i would write all of them and uh, you know i actually ended up becoming a writer and i would, you know it was it was great so you know i we 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 like split uh, directing duties so i loved directing as well because you know i used to love consuming cinema and, and you know taking references from there and uh, you know it was just this whole these bunch of crazy students who you know they sort of uh, wanted to create something you know who who happened to find and just come together and uh, we spent a lot of time you know on the last film yeah. it was the international one because it was it was there were like a lot of locations and it was a 21 minute film and but but yeah. all and we were shooting it right after our our final year board exams so but uh, mm-hmm. you know so we prepped for like 6 months for it and then shot it in like 15 15 16 days and it, but it was a great experience because everything so frugal yeah. and you know but still you know we we put our heart into it and I'm glad it turned out well for the brand also so yeah So your journey in writing was from screenwriting, right? It started off by writing uh, scripts. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I was writing in in I was I was interning at an agent. I was at uh, I was a copy intern at BBH India for like a okay. month and a half. So that was the advertising stint came from there. Then I was doing this in my second year or third. And then by third year, I actually landed a full time job as a as a copy lead in a in a startup. So I was I was doing advertising writing and I was doing the screenwriting also. So. copywriting screenwriting both happens and so i was you know happy both sides so like both things are happening <laughs> i think so, i also write but not that often as, as you and we have like similar starting lines i also started writing while screenwriting so lovely. before entering college i and two of my friends we decided to write a script for a movie yeah. uh, so it was a 50 page script that ended lovely. up uh, it was <laughs> so it took one month to write but yeah it was really really cool and after writing it i read the script of fantastic beasts and interstellar and i and found out that i know nothing about script writing and screen writing <laughs> but, no, but, but uh, that, that, that was a great experience the yeah. the good thing is that you at least wrote it right a lot of people yeah. are so scared to even begin the process right so i think i think i read this amazing quote i don't know by who it was it was it was, it was i read it online where it said that uh, that that uh, that a badly written script is better than a script that's not written yet 
right yeah it's it's, it's it's that because you at least have some i think it was taika waititi i'm not sure but uh, i think i think it was it's it's such great advice right because you are it's nicer to have at least a starting point in it a lot of people don't even get to that starting point right so i mean at least is right if you've been able to create something on 50 pages it is great yeah. <laughs> I've, i've never written a script that's 50 pages so i would know but uh, yeah. it's great you know that you've managed to at least get there so yeah it was really really cool journey and i think uh, so uh, some uh, junior recently asked me like what's one piece of advice would you give to me like i'm second year only i i can't give advice like but i still like i told him the best piece of advice that uh, we can give to a junior is like start to write because uh, when you like start writing you form a certain loop because if yeah. you want to write about something you need to know about it first so you read it read about it yeah. and then that loops kind of uh, forms itself that feedback right. loop so yeah. i think the writing and you like while applying for jobs while emailing people you'll always write some some sort of stuff like short form writing long form writing so it's good to master that skill so right. so you know because of the massive amounts of information that we are like uh, in now because of the internet there is a lot of fomo among mostly gen z people right. so, so like what will you say to like those to avoid this fomo and like do the stuff they want to do and not get attracted by new things coming every day so the thing is uh... there's always going to be new things coming up because i mean the the yeah. the information and the internet is so it's so it's so fascinating to me in this general uh, there's no way to avoid the fomo because yeah. <laughs> there there's always going to be something new out there i i just uh, you know tell uh, a lot of people who are doing it is just create man do not care about you know what the world is going to think and you know how much you're not doing of it if there's something that you like creating and there's something that you that you like doing i think you should just do it right just don't care about it they care about you know what the rest of the world is going to think or you know how many people are going to see it there's 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 an audience for everything right there's an audience yeah, for true. literally everything and reddit is the biggest example of that right <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it is it is it is a platform which with the most of the most niche um, you know uh, reddit forums right but you still have so many people engaging and it's the same with content also right there no matter what you create you and no matter what what's what space you're creating right what genre you're creating in you're always going to have at least a few people who are going to sort of connect with it or resonate with it or going to support you right let's yeah. go which is why there are so many creators do you see and the diverse amount of content they have right and it's not depending on the number of followers you're going to have people interested in it and every every sort of uh, you know uh, creator you know eventually builds that entire right so i always tell people that you know just if you if you believe in something you like just create it right? don't don't worry about the rest of what's going things will fall into place yeah. when they have to so yeah so there's no way to miss out on the fomo for sure and the only way to avoid the fomo is to just put your head and just create what you want that's the best way i think the creation uh, is to consumption ratio should be greater than one <laughs> that's <laughs> what <laughs> what i think yeah. like because for every piece of content that you consume you should create something that that's what my lookout mm-hmm. is so that you it's like equal to one like then after some point of time you can get it above right. one as well it was very so, fascinating now you know because you see that there are so many creators that we often wonder who's consuming right yeah but it's not that the creators who are creating are not consuming they are also consuming right it's just it's they are creating on the side right? but they're also consuming right because consumption often inspires creation right because it does that that's the reason trends work right is because yeah. you're consuming something of a trend that's working and then you create something on that trend and uh, that's that's it's also there right? but i i i just believe you know like do do what you're doing and you just create what you're creating and then people will just love you for it if you're putting your heart into it that's 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 what i always yeah, say that, that's so true i think there will always be more consumers and creators 
that's just what i think of so i don't want that to happen <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah that, that's what i think so now what's one piece of advice that you would like to give to people who are listening this like anyone yeah, it's like is like don't take advice from people on podcasts <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's the biggest red piece of advice because you, you don't know what 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 they're going through how it's going to affect you but yeah i mean why why advice would be to say it just is not to just uh, you know create what you believe in and just put it out there don't worry about it if you if you like writing if you like dancing if you like uh, creating music just just do it like you know just yeah. just, just do, i i think the biggest leap is getting to it and once you get yeah, to it true. then you can just like just continue it but start right the starting always just helps <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's, that's the only advice i would give <laughs> yeah, yeah seeking first yeah seeking so, first yeah you <laughs> know so this was a really, really good conversation now we'll move to rapid fire i'll be asking you Various nine spot, questions but okay yeah yeah <laughs> and you have to answer it in 10 seconds okay okay so which one story or movie has impacted you a lot since kid uh not a kid but i think it is general as a person uh, it's uh, okay. memories of murder which was bong joon ho's uh, movie it actually was okay. one of the movies which inspired me to pick up screenwriting because it was such a great fantastic uh, you know crime thriller movie uh, you i don't know if people are able to find it online but if you're able to please watch it it's one of is way before he made parasite and got famous because is this is a fantastic movie and you know it's, it's just so well written and everything about that film is so beautiful and if you're a screenwriter you should definitely definitely watch it because there's so much to learn from it so yeah that and was also, one film. I'll link it in the description yeah please, please do, so please please do. it's called memories of murder by bob dumo so yeah okay okay yeah. so ginger tea or black coffee pick one ginger tea any day i love chai <laughs> I'm, i'm a big chai person so yeah and then i i mean the proper tea with milk inside it not not yeah. the fancy green tea so i i'm a very yeah. very normal chai person so ginger adrak chai is what i would definitely go for yeah british by nature <laughs> yeah british by nature <laughs> so which city in the world uh, do you want to go to one day for sure uh i mean uh, as as a country i definitely want to go to japan for sure and uh, okay, yeah. there's this lovely city in japan called otaru which is it's a beautiful city you know sort of city inside there and it's very cutely made and very a uh, lot of colors in that city right and it's just it's got that very you know quaint charm about it so i, I think mm-hmm. that's that's on the list someday i just i just there's a lot of places to best go to but i think this is one place yeah. definitely on the on the list for sure that i hope i make it to someday so yeah yeah that's cool so can you make a story in 10 words right right now yeah i think i think i actually wrote a story in 10 words uh, it said uh, apocalypse begins we dug for water found oil instead oh that's that's really, really cool man <laughs> i think it's it's nine it's it's lower than 10 yeah, yeah it's lower than 10 yeah that's really intriguing yeah <laughs> so if you had to pick a word from the dictionary so what's your favorite word uh, my favorite word is this word called uh, sonder it's s o n d e r sonder sonder is the act of realizing that every random passerby has a life as vivid and complex as yours right it's 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 understanding that people you walk past on the street have had their own share of heartbreaks and uh, people they've loved and people they've lost and you know achievements and things they couldn't get and regrets right so the moment you start acknowledging that around you i think is when you stop seeing people as just people and more as these great walking talking stories so it's yeah. it's 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 a great sort of you know thing as a writer also to sort of just acknowledge and pick a lot of things in that you know from there around you and then sort of you know for me that's why which is why it's my one of my favorite words 
Yeah, I think walking jigsaw puzzles. Yeah, walking like puzzles. Things. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. So, an emotion or a feeling uh, you would want a word for in the dictionary, which is not already there. Uh, I think it would be this feeling of not knowing if there is a word in the dictionary for it. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> because I I haven't read these dictionaries, so I wouldn't know. But there should be a word for yeah. a feeling of not knowing if there is a word for this in a dictionary. That should that should that's have so, like a proper word. So yeah. that's that's so cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that, that could be that could be a word. The best part about storytelling. I think uh, it's um, for me at least personally, it is uh, being able to create a world and you know sort of make people believe and feel uh, for the characters inside it. Uh, and yeah. see themselves in it in some way at least uh, because i think one of the great parts of you know sort of writing or just tell in just generally telling stories is uh, you know being able to put forth this this amazing world where people can sort of come and find themselves in it and feel for the people inside that story even though it's all made up and it's all lies <laughs> but still right yeah. i mean you it's it's always this great joy to see people connecting with something or um, you know just connecting with the character connecting with the story in just general because they see themselves or somebody they know in it and and i think that's just very rewarding as a writer when you just realize that the amount of people who connect stories is so great uh, because that, that, uh, that's true yeah it's very very easy. your yeah your favorite smartphone app my favorite smartphone app uh, i mean yeah. i don't have a favorite app there are just apps that i sort of use a lot um okay. But uh, definitely the calculator <laughs> would be the <laughs> would be my favorite smartphone app because uh, I, it's it's very embarrassing the number of times I've gone to it and I have absolutely yeah. no shame in admitting that it is it is now one of my favorite apps. Yeah. Given how many times I've had to use it, but uh, yeah, uh, but I think yeah. uh, apart from that, uh, you know, uh, all the food delivery apps were definitely yeah. sort of uh, something that I, I I really sort of love and admire. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really that's the most funny yes, answer yes. someone has ever ever given. <laughs> so a thing you bought under ten k rupees, which has had a very significant impact on your life. I think it would be the first flight ticket I I ever sort of oh. uh, bought, which was you know it was it was actually a it was it was a connecting flight. So it was okay. like Bombay to Calcutta, Calcutta to Guwahati, and it was I think mm-hmm. best uh, investment ever in my life. Uh, which I had. Yeah. There was also another uh, great, uh, very sentimental uh, thing I bought, which was this this fast track watch, which I bought uh, back yeah. in 2010, uh, which mm. I I still uh, not even 2010. 11 years. I think it was I think it was yeah 2009 or 2010, and I still have it. Uh, it was it was mm. a steel watch. Uh, it was it was one of the first things that I sort of you know was able to uh, save some money and buy. And it had a steel strap, and the strap broke. But I put a leather strap, and I still use it sometimes because I'm so attached yeah. to that watch, and it, it's it's very it's very sort of <laughs> sentimental to me because of of and it does not it does not have a seconds hand. It just has okay. like an hour and a minute hand. So it 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 also if you're someone who's very anxious of time passing by, it, it's just it's just the hour and the and the minute and the second minute hands that move. There is no second hand inside it. So that's it's obviously very calming. You just look at that watch yeah. and know that time is. May passing yeah. also, but you're not aware of it also. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I am so anxious that I also want a millisecond hand. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. That that's what is making even more anxious. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what the name of the podcast. Millisecond. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really, really great talking to you. I'm Thanks so for being on the podcast, Zoyal. Thank you so much for having me, though, Yarkeshav. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this and make this work. And yeah, yeah 
I hope you save a lot and take that trip soon. <laughs> sure, sure. Probably by the end of year. <laughs> All the best for that. Bye, bye. Hey, thanks a lot for sticking till the end. Hope you had an amazing time. Milliseconds is presented by the Tangible Times, an online design magazine. If you enjoyed this episode, do give us a rating and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the rate Tangible Times HQ for more updates. For any questions or feedback regarding the podcast, you can email me at milliseconds hq at the rate gmail dot com. Stay tuned. Cheers.